The NASCAR Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. Driver, start your in and pull those belts up tight as the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presents the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. I'll wreck my mom to win a championship. I'll wreck your mom to win a championship. With all the news and the best bets for your NASCAR weekend. It refrains me from not beating the out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions but since i'm on probation i suppose that that's uh, improper to say as well if you could talk about racing things we could talk about racing things. now here are your hosts rod via gomez and cody zeeb because believe it or not there are still racing things to talk about doesn't matter how long the season's been over there are still racing things to discuss and it is the nascar gambling podcast here on the sports gambling podcast network he is cody zeeb i am rod via gomez cody the drivers may be able to sleep but we sir are not continuing to bring the content regardless of whether there's cars on the track or not exactly here we are (laughs) here we are uh cody i'm telling you right now the off season is not as difficult to find things to talk about as the nfl off season because even with the nfl off season there's weeks where you're just like uh and (laughs) and you're trying to find and scrape for news but look the great thing about the nascar off season is one we talked about it last week there's already odds that are out on things so we can talk about those like we did or we can also go back, look at some of the, the things that happened last season, translate them to this season, and then look at their odds and tell you what to do uh, uh, there. So still so much to bet on, still so much to do, and uh, and that's what we're going to do today, right? Yeah, exactly. And again, only 81 days till the Daytona 500, 67 days till the Clash and the Coliseum. So, man, it's 67 days. Shit, that's two months basically. We're uh we're we're cruising right along towards the Coliseum. But yeah, we got plenty to talk about. Kind of take a look back at some stuff from this past season and see how it maybe translates into what's gonna happen next season, which obviously then can help us into betting uh next season. So it all it all kind of comes full circle as far as as working towards the betting angle of things, but also just talking about NASCAR because that's what we love to do. We are junkies, if nothing else. We definitely need to talk NASCAR. We can't let this show go silent for a couple of months. What the heck? No, no, sir, Rebob. Um, all right, so anyways, what we're going to do today, part of what we're going to do today anyways, is talk about some of the rookie of the year uh, drivers that were from each series. Uh, talk about them, kind of how they did, and even if we talked about them very much in the in the course of a season, uh, obviously, rookies of the year seem to be a pretty predominant award or a uh, um, prestigious award, as it were. Uh, but, you know, did we talk about them? W- were they even part of our betting strategy and should they be part of our betting strategy going forward? And, of course, take a look at some of the odds on uh, at least a couple of them, because I know not all of the future championship odds are out yet for each uh, each series. So we'll just talk about when they start coming out what to look for and and where should we i guess value them right yeah exactly yeah unfortunately no xfinity or truck series odds yet but that gives us something else to look forward to because when they do come out we can have a conversation about those um but yeah so yeah we'll, we'll kind of break down the rookies a couple of news and notes to clean up first before we uh get going in that um fox announced that they're going to keep mike joy and clint boyer in the booth and that third man is going to remain a rotating cast of characters, which worked out pretty well for them last year. Also has led to massive speculation that they're just keeping that seat warm for Mr. Kevin Harvick after the 2023 season. Um, 
again, he's not announced plans to retire yet. Um, I mean, the way that he raced last year, we kind of hope that he doesn't, honestly. Uh, I know I was kind of hard on him at the beginning of the season, but I warmed up to Harvick after a while, um, and, and he did a pretty good job making us quite a bit of money at a few points there. Um, so, yeah, but interesting to see that they're going to kind of stick with that that third man open spot that, that's that been open since Jeff Gordon obviously left to take his position at, at Hendrick as the heir apparent there. Um, but yeah, it, that, that's definitely re-sparked the Kevin Harvick. Maybe this is going to be his final season uh, rumors. You know, they're going to continue to go down that path until it is his final season, I guess. Yep. But <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, they've been talking about that for Tom Brady for what, 15 <laughs> years? So, who knows? Maybe Kevin Harvick will be around for a while. <laughs> uh, well, and so that's the thing about Kevin Harvick, too. Like, there's no, I don't know when the official announcement will come. Maybe he is just sort of taking a couple of months to sort of recollect and, and think about what he wants to do. Obviously, I don't think he's going to make a decision to leave this season. Like, as much as we thought this could be his last season in 2022, I think if he would have if he would have been considering leaving the sport, we would have seen more of a victory lap than we, than we did, right? I mean, obviously, he didn't really allude to much past this season, but... I would, I would think that if this was his last season, it would have been a little more pomp, a little more circumstance for one of the better drivers in the in the series. So if he does announce, I would assume that it would be closer to the start of the, you know, Bush clash and, uh, and, and, and somewhere around that, maybe even the turn of the year is when I would expect something from Kevin Harvick. And if we don't hear anything, maybe 2023 is not his last season either. Yeah, you never know. It's, it seems like it's different with every driver. Some of them, they'll announce before the season, hey, this is my final season. You go through all the hoopla throughout the season. You know this is the last time. We saw it with some of the greats like Gordon and, and Earnhardt and, and Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy. And, and then sometimes, you know, in December, Carl Edwards is like, okay, yeah, that was my last race. I'm done. See you later. I don't think that Harvick will do that to, to his fans or to anybody out there. That That's kind of an outlier where a guy like, Carl Edwards just all of a sudden hangs it up and, you know, he's lost in the woods in Missouri and nobody's heard from him since basically. Um, but I, I don't expect that to happen. So I, I think that Harvick will be back. Uh, I think if there was odds on that, it'd be similar to Max Verstappen to win the championship a couple of weeks ago as they were right. Yeah. Uh, minus, you know, 10,000, <laughs> he's coming back and plus, you know, 10,000 that he's not coming back. So uh, I, I think that Harvick will be back, but yeah, be interesting to see if he ends up deciding it is his last season if he announces before the season if he announces you know some drivers they'll tell you with 10 races to go as we get to the playoffs or or mid-season i think this is going to be it or they'll they'll you know i haven't decided if i'm going to come back and then decide as soon as the season ends so i think we will have harvick back at least one more year um i mean i'd like to see him stick around for for multiple years we can keep betting him top 10 at phoenix he's done it 18 times in a row now right so uh that, that's been pretty profitable and I think you hit him like 30 to one uh, to win his race in Michigan where he won. That was the first one I think was Michigan. Um, and, and then, yeah, we, he, he cashed multiple times for us. Obviously we talked about him on the DFS show every week, right? The free square uh, didn't work so much towards the end of the season. He kind of had some struggles, but for a lot of the season, the free square on the season was Kevin Harvick. He, he was like the staple in your, your fantasy and DFS lineups. So uh, yeah, be interesting to see, but that definitely the Fox thing, kind of keeps those rumors floating. Like maybe they're just holding that spot for him. Maybe he said, give me one more season and then, and then you can put me in this seat. I mean, he did say on the Dale junior download that yeah. he was, he valued the fact that he was able to drive at least one season in the car because when he does go into the booth, when basically he's saying it pretty right. much like that, he said, when I yeah. go to the booth. So it's just a matter uh, of when, yeah. not if. Yeah, exactly. And that was at the end of last season. If I recall correctly, um, yeah, so he was for sure coming back for this season, wanted that experience, but did talk about TV and that kind of being his next step. He was teammates with Clint Boyer for a, a long time. They were teammates at Richard Childress Racing and then again at Stuart Haas down the road. Uh, those guys know each other really well. They they go, they, you know, interact and bounce off each other well. So I think that that's obviously just a match waiting to happen. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that continues to go. Uh, Cole Custer is going to be in the double zero car, the Xfinity car. Uh, they've announced officially it will be double zero. That's the car he drove before where he absolutely dominant. I think he's going to be when we do get Xfinity series odds for the championship. 
I think he's going to be one of the favorites, and I think he's going to be a guy that we talk about a lot going into 2023 in the Xfinity Series. Yes, he was not great at the Cup Series level, but when he was in the Xfinity Series, he showed it this year. He came out, ran, he ran two races. He won the first one in like dominating fashion. And we've seen it previously when he was in the Xfinity Series full-time. Didn't get a championship, but drove the balls off of the, that car and, and had some very dominant seasons with a lot of wins. Um, so I think he's someone we're going to see a lot of. And, uh, yeah, good to see him back in that double zero car. I like when guys go back to cars that they had driven at one point and, and numbers that they had driven at one point to uh, get to see that car. And that car just kind of disappeared. It was it was Cole Custer's car, right? It, he was the double zero car, and then it just kind of went away. There was no double zero car, and, and now he's going to revive that again. Makes for uh, everybody who bought his diecast very, very happy because that means it's all relevant one more time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you still have the Custer Double uh, Zero gear, break it back out, right? It's a, it works again for you. Unless you burnt um, it. Some people burn it when they leave. It's Yeah, well, hopefully you didn't burn <laughs> it. To pull it out of the ash pile because uh, it's, it's useful again. <laughs> uh, this one was, was kind of interesting. So Rick Ware Racing had a technical alliance with Stuart Haas Racing last year. And it was kind of, I, I don't know, it, obviously not much came from it. The Rick Ware cars weren't super competitive. Ryan Priest was pretty decent when he was in them. Obviously a Stuart Haas reserve driver. Now he's full-time at Stuart Haas. Uh, but now they've switched and they have an alliance with Roush Fenway Keselowski Racing. And it sounds like, I, I have not seen all the details on this, but so they're, they're still going to use Stuart Haas pit crews in 23. But then going forward, they're going to use uh, Roush Fenway pit crews which is similar to like what Spire does with Hendrick. And it sounds like Rick Ware Racing is kind of moving in with Brad Kozlowski Racing, similar to where the Wood Brothers are really just prepared by Team Penske. Everything's housed in the Team Penske building. It's the Wood Brothers team, but Team Penske does everything basically. Uh, and it kind of sounds like that's how they're doing this whole thing. So I, I don't think that we're going to see some Rick Ware cars really like winning this year or anything, but be interesting to see if it helps them take a step up. I know that that uh, I want to say it's the 15 charter is actually so, that, and I don't have it all in front of me right now, but there is rules in NASCAR where basically if your chartered number performs poorly year after year after year, I think it's three seasons in a row of finishing below a certain number that NASCAR can basically like repo your charter after that. And so that 15 is in danger if they do now it is a nascar decision so nascar doesn't have to it's not an automatic up oh, you lose it but they could potentially pull that charter from rick Ware if he doesn't do something with it this year basically as far as like get some performance out of that car so be interesting to kind of see how, how that all folds out with uh with that alliance being announced I, again i don't think it's gonna matter too much but maybe it's the next step for rick Ware. i mean he really got into nascar this part of it at least as a money venture, right? And he bought these charters cheap, and when he sells them, he's going to cash out big time. Are so, but maybe he can improve his program along the way a little bit, right? Are, are we done laughing at work racing? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to go that far. <laughs> uh, you know, I think we're still going to have some laughing to do. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I was but, like, you this know, is... maybe this is the next baby step. We've seen it. I mean, teams like Spire were, were considered to be like a Rick Ware racing, and not that they're great now, but. You've seen it. Corey LaJoy is a lot more competitive. He's battling for 20th position. And it sounds funny to say that that's a lot more competitive, but it is when there's 40 cars in the field. And instead of being 35th every week, now all of a sudden you're battling for 20th every week. You're up there with those Wood Brothers types of cars and stuff. So teams can make that big step. Spire was one who did it. Maybe Rick Ware decided they don't want to be the laughing stock anymore. And, and, Steps up a little. We'll see. I mean, it's a lot like in F1 where you've got the Williams, the Alphataris. Like, those guys, they're, they're not necessarily going to be running up there every single week with the Ferraris, with the Red Bulls, with the Mercedes. But, you know, when you're talking about fighting for 11th place, some, sometimes that's just as good uh, for these teams than, than fighting for the win because they know they can't get there, right, you know, without a major upgrade. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean... That's that's really with anything. It's big in motorsports. There's you go any type of motorsports, and you've got your front runners. You got your guys who go to the you know at the back of the field or quote unquote field fillers. But those are guys you need because yeah, maybe only twenty cars have a chance to win realistically on any given Sunday. But 
do we want to see a 20 car race in NASCAR? It works in F1, yes, but not in NASCAR. We need those 40 guys out there, and we're going to make fun of them sometimes and complain about them getting in the way or complain about David Starr costing Noah Gregson a win because he can't get out of the way uh, and stuff like that. But you need those guys. You go to your local track. There's guys who are out back struggling every week, but they still get to say, hey, I'm a race car driver. They get to bring their race car out there. They get to have fun. They still have or, and then Corey LaJoy talks about it a lot on his podcast, the Stacking Pennies podcast, where, yeah, he's not battling for wins every week, but they have a goal. If they can go in, if they can finish 20th, hell yeah, they had a great day. And like, and that's another, you know, like he says, that's a stacking the pennies. That's his motto. And so he's stacking another penny on that pile to continue to work their way slowly up there. So th- those guys are just as important as the Hendrick cars and, and these other cars as well. And a hell of a lot more patient. Yeah. Yeah. You have to have some patience to, um, I mean, think about that. You strap in that car the same way that Chase Elliott does, that Joey Logano does, that Kyle Larson does. Realistically, you have no shot of winning. You're going to be passed in, you know, multiple laps. They're going to be passing you, lapping you, and you're just racing other cars on the track. And these guys still get out there and do it. They get to say they're a NASCAR driver. They get to be in that garage too. And good for them. I'd, I'd trade places with them. <laughs> I'd gladly run around 40th every week. <laughs> I, I've said it time and time again, even when I'm talking about like NFL. You pay me, what, a half a million dollars, quarter of a million dollars. I will smile. I will pat every ass on the end of that bench. I will give you oranges. I will fill you I will your make sure every cup. drop of that water bottle getting squirted in your mouth makes it in there. Swear to God, I would Hold be Hold that happiest. clipboard prettier than anybody else does. Whatever you want. Don't even care. I <laughs> literally would not care. Like, I get it. I'm not that kind of competitor. I'm a team player, right? Whatever I got to do to be there, I'll be there. There you go. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, and then one more note, too. So we're recording this on, I don't even know what day it is, Wednesday night. Uh, the NASCAR awards ceremony, that that is all in uh, Nashville this weekend. The awards ceremony is actually Thursday night, December 1st, but it will air Saturday, um, December 3rd on Peacock. So you have to have Peacock to watch that. But 8, eight o'clock Eastern, 7 Central. Figure out the math from there on. But, uh, but uh, yeah, you can watch the awards show. I don't remember what all awards they they have uh, that they're handing out, but obviously the champions will be announced, and it's a fun thing to watch. And the drivers get up there, make their speeches, and and there are some other awards they hand out. I believe most popular driver will be announced, uh, so Chase Elliott can win the Bill Elliott Award and, and stuff like that. <laughs> Why can't we bet on that? Because it'd be like betting Max Verstappen to win the championship when he's got a 15 race lead. <laughs> I mean, it, but even still, like, why can't we just bet on these awards? I, 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 man, we need to get, we need to get them on it. What's, what's, what are we waiting for? F1 has odds up for who's the fastest car in winter testing. Okay. We, we, F1, oof, I mean, go check out the F1 gambling podcast. We're going to be talking about that over there. But, uh, <laughs> But let's get NASCAR on, on board. Let's get these books a little more psyched up for NASCAR and uh, and get some get some odds for stuff like that. Like, let's go. Look, being a fan of anything other than the NBA, the MLB, NFL, just seems like an uphill battle for anybody to try to get these folks to understand. Um, Cody, we were talking offline. I'm headlong into Aussie Rules football now. There are even odds on Aussie Rules football. You can bet on that now. You can bet on the futures. Um, if the Jalon Tigers are going to be the champions again, like that's what? What the hell, guys? This is an American NASCAR sport on American books, and and you're just barely giving me championship odds. Like, yeah, this yeah, it, it it's unfortunate because I mean, obviously, you know, sports gambling becoming bigger, and we're getting closer, and and NASCAR's come a long ways in that, right? They one of the first sports that got partners in these things and they're building up and it's getting there. It's just a really slow process. It's This is how I feel living in Nebraska and how you feel living in California where we can't just get legalized gambling. It's like, come on, give it to us, right? It's everybody else is doing it, right? All these other states have it. All these other sports have it. 
And then get NASCAR there, get our states there. Let's go. And then I've got commercials that are taking victory laps on the fact that the the proposition was voted down. Like, oh, oh, dude, oh, oh, that's rough. It's every time it's like a dagger to the heart. They're like, thank you for saying no. And I was like, no, no, go away. I mute it now. I literally because I (laughs) change the channel. I'm done with done with this program. Done with this. I'm I'm watching Fubo TV. Well, um, all right. Is there any more news and or notes that you want to touch on before we I take think a break? That about covers it, sir. Okay, great. We'll uh, we'll take a quick break and then pay our bills. Come back and we'll start talking about some rookie drivers and uh, where we see them heading off into the next season. But before we do, and as we always do, let me ask you: Are you ready to win money and boost your odds? Yeah, of course you are. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. You get exclusive rewards right at your fingertips with Win Rewards on WinBet. Are you looking to get involved in a same-game parlay? WinBet is your home with their WinBet Build Your Own Bet, letting you customize the bet you want to make. Great promos, odds, payouts, all happening right now at WinBet. Winbit has what you need to win. You ready to play? Sign up today. You're going to get a special offer. Bet $100, win $100. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbit so they know that we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change terms and conditions. Winbet.com must be 21 older or present state play where playthrough. Winbet is available. If you or somebody who has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-522. Four seven zero zero. So it felt like there were not all that many rookies in the field this season, and yet there actually were quite a few rookies in the field this season, especially in uh, the truck and the Xfinity series. We saw a lot of first first year drivers, not necessarily um, all, I guess, eligible for even rookie of the year too, but. Um, but in the NASCAR Cup Series, right, obviously the most notable, we'll talk about them in a second, uh, is is the one the one that did Daytona 500. But we also saw the likes of Noah Gragson. We saw Ty Gibbs get in there for a little bit. Um, we saw a lot of new faces in the field this year. And, uh, you know, and, and a lot of them were, were competitive enough for rookies. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously with these awards, when they award Rookie of the Year, they take in, into consideration the where they stand at the end of the season. I think that's pretty much the only thing, right? Yeah, standings stand. are, are most of it from my understanding. It, it's it's weird and different. Rookie of the year, unfortunately, it's kind of lost some of the luster that it used to have. It used to be a very, like, very prestigious award. And, like, we some of the battles, if you go back and look at, at different drivers that came in the same year, now where you've got so many different drivers part-time and, and kind of just getting rides here and there, it's all, everything's deterred, like, eligibility is determined on a race to race basis. Like this was Ty Gibbs first season in the Xfinity series full time, but he was in the Xfinity series and won what five races last year on a part-time basis. So you you can't turn around and have him be rookie of the year this year. I I think he actually won it last year, even on part-time. And the guy we're going to talk about in a minute who won in the truck series was just a part-time driver in the truck series. And so it is kind of different. Now the cup series obviously is kind of still where you get for the most part. I mean, we have mostly full-time drivers and it's kind of like, okay, these are your rookies. So we had three rookies this year. It was Austin Sindrick. It was Harrison Burton and it was uh, Todd Gilland. And so it was those three guys. Obviously only one of them makes the playoffs. He's automatically wins the rookie of the year from there. Now you had guys like uh, Gibbs made what? 14, 15 starts, but he's going to be a rookie next year eligible. So it's like, it's kind of weird. And then obviously Gregson is moving up. So he's going to be a rookie in, in 2023 as well. So you're going to have Gibbs and Gregson going at it. Probably not too much of a fair fight because Gibbs obviously is going to be in the better car. I don't think there's any question about that, but you never know what Gregson could do to, to chase it. Might be one of the better battles we've had in a few years, but yeah, it definitely unfortunately isn't what it used to be, but still a prestigious award and to go out and and say you were the best rookie, the best new guy in this division or series that you're running in. There's something to say for that. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of faces in the truck series too, that come and go 
on a week to week basis too. So that that's almost a hard a hard category to crack and and even to excel in because you're competing against so many different people. So the fact that you win the truck uh, rookie of the year, I, I think, speaks kind of louder than a couple of the other series. So uh, why don't we just go ahead and start with the truck? Talk about who got named rookie of the year in that, and we'll we'll discuss what we do with him as far as betting is concerned once odds come out and what we expect out of that. Yeah, as well. So Corey Heim wins the the Camping World Truck Series, Sunoco Rookie of the Year. Uh, that's a lot of words put on that trophy, but I'm sure they'll get it all on there. Um, so yeah, he he ran part-time in that 51 truck, Kyle Busch Motorsports and Toyota. Um, he only started 16 of the truck races, but he got two wins in those starts. Uh, was not a ton of, of eligible drivers in the truck series. Lawless Allen was the closest next rookie which you know we did not talk about at all this year because he was nowhere he was one of those those field fillers as we talked about earlier um and so yeah so Corey heim was determined to you know qualify for rookie of the year they gave it to him um with his his 16 starts two wins uh that's that's pretty big um and so yeah so he gets it and, and he's gonna be full-time in the truck series battling for the championship so that's now something that we have to take into consideration because Look what he did on a part-time schedule. Um, Kyle Busch Motorsports, obviously, making the transition from Toyota to Chevy. So uh, DGM, David Gilland, or DGR, I guess it is, David Gilland Racing is transitioning from Ford to Toyota. They're kind of becoming the Toyota team. Since I'm as a Toyota driver, he's switching over there. So he's going to be in a number 11 truck full-time uh, in 2023 Ford uh what is now called Tricon Racing. They renamed David Gilliland Racing to Tricon. Uh, Toyota dumping a bunch of money into that. We've seen with Kyle Busch Motorsports the last few years, they've Toyota really, really values the Truck Series program. They dump more money into it than any of the other manufacturers do. Um, and they've, you know, had a pretty good lease on. Now, granted, we've seen some Chevy drivers win the championships the last few years, but, you know, that, that is what it is. Um, but, but they've they've had very dominant cars, very good cars. All those KBM trucks have always been good. Now that's going to shift over to the DG or Tricon trucks, I guess they'll be called now. Um, and so that's where we'll see Corey Heim as he competes full time for the first time, um, despite being able to win that Rookie of the Year award. So here's where we see how much equipment means versus the driver as well, because we did we talked about Corey Heim a couple of times in I think head to heads mainly. I don't think we were necessarily on him much to to win, and when he did win, obviously you know we we talked about him afterwards. But by and large, I think mainly it was on a matchup basis, and and one of the main arguments that we always brought up when we talked about Corey Heim was the fact that he was in a Kyle Busch truck. The all-star truck, yeah, right? <laughs> right? And so exactly. And so that was that was the main argument. So you got the rookie of the year, right? Obviously two wins in there for him. But does that translate to this new equipment? Do we expect the same sort of performance out of Toyotas without Kyle Busch? I mean, a lot to consider here for Corey Heim going forward, but obviously we know the talent level as a driver is there. If you can win a couple of races in the truck series, obviously that's a that's a big deal, especially when you had guys like John Hunter Nemechek up there and, and you know, all these other uh, folks that were jockeying for position week after week, and you weren't even a full-time driver. You stole a couple of wins. So, again, as a full-time truck driver next season, once championship odds comes out, I'll really be curious to see where he fits in that mix and should his odds be favorable enough i suppose cody is it worth looking at him making a run out of championship next year yeah i think it depends on where he's priced of course that obviously plays a huge factor but he potentially could be on that second tier of drivers that man i don't i feel like he's probably going to be towards the top it might not be good enough we'll have to see when it comes out but if he is does fall slip a little bit into that second tier of drivers i think he's going to be one to watch i mean we've seen david gill and racing was was very good we saw that 17 truck in victory lane with their all-star truck right the rotating cast of different drivers in victory lane how many times last year ryan priest todd gill and all these other drivers that filled in on that truck and so it, it's uh they 
they they've been good, right? They they've already been good, and, and now you got KBM switching to Chevy. It doesn't look like they're putting as much money into it as Toyota did with KBM. The driver selection's kind of like <laughs> okay. So is this Tricon Racing the new KBM of the truck series? Right? Do they step right in? Is he going to be the John Hunter Nemechek type of driver that we had last year, or the Chandler Smith type of driver where? These full-time Toyota, big big Toyota truck team drivers just shoot right to the top. I think we could see that from him, and maybe it is similar to a Chandler Smith type of season where once he kind of gets comfortable throughout the season after having some of that experience the previous year, we start to see him rattle off some wins. So I think he's definitely going to be one to watch. Championship odds, <clears throat> again, it'll depend where they fall. Um, but I think we'll definitely talk about him as a potential driver to win some races I was kind of looking through his stats here. So he started 19 races um, over two seasons in the, in the Camping World Truck Series. So I, like I said, 16 this past season. He had three previous starts before that. Two wins, 10 top 10s in 19 races. Sat on the pole twice. All of that is pretty good. Um, a step down from the Truck Series at the Arkham Menard Series. Uh, he ran 41 races there over four years. Eight wins. <laughs> okay, Rod. He started 41 races, 39 top 10s. <laughs> now, granted, he's a Toyota development driver. They also take the Arca Series very seriously, and those guys are are in much better equipment most of the time. KBM had some Arca teams at, at times. Uh, Gibbs has had some Arca teams. There's some other Toyota-funded ones down there. But still, 39 top 10s of 41 races, That that's a pretty solid stat. So he's he's only 20 years old. He's a young guy that Toyota is very heavily invested in. We've talked about this before. Toyota and their driver development program, I would say Toyota probably outpaces the rest of them. They're not very good at holding on to guys before they get to the Cup Series and losing great talents like William Byron. Um, we've seen some other ones slip, and now they've done a good job at getting a Tyler Reddick from Chevy, right? Uh, and so kind of repaying the favor there. But their development program all the way down to your local dirt tracks where you have like micro sprints. I mean, Toyota has their name plastered everywhere. Very big on the development driver racing. So I think there's a lot sunk into him. And I think that we're going to see him perform at a pretty high level. He's obviously proven he can come in. He can win. Um, I can't remember the two races he won, but I feel like one of those races, he might've outdueled uh, Kyle Busch to win one of them potentially. We'll have, to, we'll have to get to stat checking guy on that. But uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I have pretty decent expectations for Corey Heim going into his, I guess you could say, sophomore season after winning Rookie of the Year in uh, 2023 here. Yeah, I mean, again, it, it'll be highly interesting. And and again, because he's not switching. I mean, he, he was with Kyle Busch racing, obviously, uh, for, for his season, but he's not going with them. Uh, to the the Chevy drivers, so he's one of those drivers that is going to stick with the manufacturer that he is uh, 100% comfortable with. I, I will say that he won the uh, 2022 Toyota 200 uh, that was at the Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway, beat out Christian Eckes by a margin of uh, under caution. They were under caution when uh, when they won, so it was a green white checker, but he didn't. Uh, and so he beat out Eckes, he beat out Chandler, Friesen, Joey Saunter, and Matt Benedetto in that race. And then his uh, next win the other was, one was Atlanta. Atlanta. Yep. Yep. And that's where yep, he actually passed Chandler Smith on the final lap. Now that's kind of a plate series track, so a little different. But there we go. We won a plate series race, so maybe we need to keep an eye on him, start the season at Tona, right? If he's good enough to be up here running well at the – at the plate tracks and running good and getting wins at him already. Well, look, I mean, his average finish was 14.1, but he did have 10 top 10s and 16 starts. There goes his top 10s, uh, you know, propensity for a top 10 finish. Yeah, we need to get some top 10 odds on him next year, huh? That's what I'm saying. Like, literally, if, if this is what this is why we're doing this, we're kind of breaking this down to, to see where we can get the value for him. And obviously, top 10s are his specialty. He had six top five finishes and, of course, those two wins, but... You know, a, a very good driver in that 51 car, someone to watch out for, and Truck Series Rookie of the Year. Um, so, I, I love it. Uh, what, let's move on to Xfinity, shall we? Let's. Who is the Xfinity 
uh, rookie of Let's the year. Let's do it. Next up, this was actually a couple of teammates that really were the the main catalyst for having a chance at this. The Richard Childress Racing duo of Austin Hill, Sheldon Creed. Austin Hill takes the trophy. Um, we talked about him a lot this past season, right? We hit on him multiple times uh, to win races. You want to talk about plate track, guys? I think I'm going to continue to bet on Austin Hill every time he goes on a plate track uh, next year or Super Speedway, whatever you want to call it, tapered spacer, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, but, no, Austin Hill uh, had a hell of a season. Um, he he had two victories, and uh, he's actually, crazy enough, he's 28 years old, so he's no spring chicken. Um, you know, he's not one of these these big money development guys. He's just a blue-collar guy that's been grinding it out. We've seen him for years bouncing around in these series, mostly in the truck series, getting starts here and there and performing well. I believe he won the truck series championship a couple of seasons ago. Um, uh, he made it to the final eight uh, in the Xfinity Series championship, did not make it to the final four in Phoenix there, um, but he had a hell of a season. And then Sheldon Creed, man, that's a guy we really talked about a lot this season too, finishes second to him, but he just had a lot of bad luck. He had some good cars, good performance. We know Sheldon is a great driver. Seems like an all-around great guy. Obviously, our favorite Canadian via California. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, no, it it was it was a good. It, we knew we knew those guys were both going to perform well, and Austin Hill just took it and absolutely ran with it, and had a stellar season. Austin Hill, 33 starts, 21 top 10 finishes, 11 top fives in those two wins. Obviously won that very first race of the season in Daytona and then the second at Atlanta. So both of those coming by way of, well, okay, one restrictor plate and one uh, brand new super speedway. The Atlanta Motor Super Speedway Speedway Raceway uh, as was the other win. But, yeah, I mean, Austin Hill finished strong. I mean, Obviously, we talked about him uh, being inside the top eight, strong showing at Fort Worth in second place, third place at Bristol, uh, had trouble at Talladega, had trouble on the road course at Charlotte, but finished strong, sixth in Vegas, ninth in Homestead, ninth in Martinsville, ninth in Phoenix. You know, all three top, all four top ten finishes, rather, uh, to, to end the, the season. So a nice, strong end to his 2022 rookie campaign. I think he's got to be among the favorites right for a 2023 xfinity championship yep i think he's definitely going to be one of the top drivers and if he's not then we're going to be hammering his odds to win that championship because he's an experienced guy i just talked about it so looking through his statistics he's run 121 races in the truck series over nine seasons so again he's been around 121 races 54 top 10s so pretty close to half the time he's finishing in the top 10 truck series uh, he's run races in the Xfinity series. So again, this is where that, you know, qualifying for the award comes into play. He's run races over four different seasons in the Xfinity series, but NASCAR deemed this was his rookie season based on starts and blah, 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 whatever they have into it. So in 48 races, two wins, 25 top 10. So that is just, you know, that's more than half of your, your, uh, Races in the Xfinity Series top 10. So um, he made his Cup Series career start, uh, first career start in the Cup Series last year in that bonus Richard Childress racing car. Um, they they ran out an extra, I can't remember what number he, he was ended up being in, but um, I think that was a Michigan. He ended up having some issues and, and not running too well in that one. Um, but uh, he is going to be back in that 21 car for Richard Childress racing. Again, Sheldon Creed is going to be back in the two car for Richard Childress. To keep them both these teams together. There's some rejuvenated hope in that Richard Childress racing shop, right? Kyle Bush, Kyle freaking Bush, one of the greatest drivers NASCAR has ever seen across all these series, is suddenly in the Cup Series side of things, right? He said that I guess that he won't race any more Xfinity Series races after his 100th win, which is too bad because we could see him out there with these guys, but he's won 100 times in the Xfinity Series. So, Maybe he helps coach these guys a little bit, right? That can't be bad. And then Austin Hill, we just talked about him being a great, great plate track, super speedway track racer. Guess who is taking over the number 62 ride in the Cup Series next year? For the restrictor, that's the only time Beard enters cars, is for the restrictor plate super speedway races. 
and they've tapped Austin Hill to be their driver. So he's going to get those. I believe they're doing all six races, both Daytonas, both Talladegas, both Atlantas. Um, so he's going to get those six starts in the Cup Series to continue his experience there. And I think that he's going to be a guy that we can take as a long shot in the Cup Series when he is in those cars. We know that 62 car can be fast, can be there at the end, and we know Austin Hill can do it. We hit on Austin Hill. I think, man, I don't, I don't think we did had him in Daytona because I don't think we were doing Xfinity bets at that point yet. But I know we had him at the Atlanta race. I think he was 8-1 to one or 10-1 to one to win that one. There was multiple other times throughout the season we had him in head-to-heads. I think we had him in quite a few head-to-heads with his teammate, Sheldon Creed. They're in the same cars, right? Should be the same. But we know Creed was not being able to finish races, not having the runs. He proved well at road courses as well. He was a guy that wasn't necessarily always going to be winning, but top fives, head-to-heads, you knew he was going to be up in the top five, top three at the end of all these road course races, it seemed like. So Austin Hill is going to be a name you continue to hear a lot on the show next year. Um, and I think he's got a legit shot at the title um, coming up. Like I said, he he did fall just short, making it to the final eight, didn't make it to the final four, but those RCR cars have won championships not that long ago. Um, uh, Tyler Reddick won one three or four seasons ago. I think it was four about four, four or five seasons ago, I guess, in the Richard Childress car before he switched over to Jay Junior Motorsports and won with them as well. But Richard Childress has one of the longest Xfinity Series programs that's had success. We've seen so many guys come through that program. Kevin Harvick was a star of that program. Dale Earnhardt Jr. won back-to-back championships with that program, right? That number two AC Delco car they had forever that Clint Boyer was in. And and like I said, Kevin Harvick. And we've seen so many great guys come through that garage. And, and I really think that Kyle Busch, we talked about our, at least my love for Kyle Busch this coming season um, in some of our previous episodes. But I think that Kyle Busch being on the Cup Series side of things with RCR is going to put an entire new spark into that whole building. And I think you're going to see better results across the board because he's in the building. And for Austin Hill, obviously we, like you said, we just, we were on him a lot last season and I just don't see that stopping. I don't see that slowing down heading into this season. And I actually am going to be very curious as to what odds we can get him for when he does race up in the, the cup series too, because you know, that's just a, a matter of us being able to find value. And hell, I mean, top tens, That's we're not even asking for wins at that point. So there's a million different ways we'll be able to to bet on Austin Hill next season. And I think we're kind of both kind of calling our shots here at this point where we're, we're predicting Austin Hill to have a pretty fantastic season. So I, I will be curious to see how his odds end up shaking out. Um, especially well, and already, if you want to speak, touch on odds for the Daytona 500, a race he's going to be in in that beard car. He's seventy-five to one to win. That's that is a good bet. I mean, again, there's not any bad bets to win, really, because we've seen it. Anybody can win these super speedway races, right? But not only is he a guy that can anybody, but Kyle Larson. I guess I should throw that caveat in there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kyle Larson, but you know you have to prove me wrong on that one. Yeah, he knows. Uh, <laughs> but at seventy-five to one. He's, first of all, an experienced plate racer, right? He won two in the Xfinity Series this past season, so he's proven he can do it. Also, he's going to be in that Beard 62 car, which we've seen year in and year out. With Bre- It was Brendan gone forever, mm-hmm. and every time he would be on a super speedway, throw some money on Brendan gone. He's going to be up there at the end. You play him in DFS. You play him in fantasy, and then it's with Noah Gragson, and Gragson performed very well in that car. I think he had a top five or two in that car, and it was just like, okay, you know, now you're going to throw another great driver in the in the plate tracks and the super speedways. Austin Hill in there, an experienced driver. He's 28 years old, right? He's got all these truck series starts. It's not like he's just some fresh rookie they're throwing in there. You hope he does well. He knows what he's doing out there. Yeah, these cars are a little different, but he's going to be able to adjust. He's a, he's a seasoned racer at this point. Um, and so, yeah, at odds like 75 to 1 to win that, that's going to be worth something. And once we do, all we have right now is winner's odds, but when we get top 10 odds, when we get head to head odds, he's definitely going to be a guy to look at um, at Daytona as well. How crazy are, I, when you start looking back at, at, at how all these other sports sort of bring along their, their rookies, you know, you've got the NFL that literally will throw a 21 year old kid in the mix with everybody 
and expect him to hold his own right off of the bat. But with NASCAR, sometimes you get that. But more often than not, you've watched them come up through almost like baseball, you know? You've watched them come through low A ball, double A ball, triple A ball, right? All the way up into the pros. So you sort of watch the maturation process of these these kids, and they're not kids anymore. You know, like a guy like Austin Hill who's coming in. We, we say he's a young driver, damn near 30 years old, and we're still talking about him being young inside the Cup Series only because, you know, he hasn't necessarily had the Xfinity and or Cup Series experience as he has along the way through the trucks, through all of his other stuff. So it's kind of crazy when you think about it as far as these young drivers, right? I mean, they're not the young guns like we, we saw. And even those guys were, what, 24, 25 when we were calling them young guns, right? Yeah, well, I mean, you look back, you go back to the day, right? Guys like Dale Earnhardt didn't start driving until they were 20 years old. Just in general, I mean, Dale Earnhardt Jr. talks about it all the time. I think his first ride was like 17 or 18, right? So now, obviously, kids are running go-karts at like two years old, so it's <laughs> it's a big difference. But yeah, NASCAR is so unique in that aspect because, yeah, these NFL players, we watch them in college, but there's 140 Division One schools. There's how many Division Two schools? The Patriots like to draft guys from schools you never heard of. Uh, you know, so yeah, some of these, a lot of these Alabama guys, a lot of these Georgia guys are going to go to the NFL, but then you get one Nebraska Cornhusker over here, one UCLA Bruin over here, one USC Trojan over here. Like it's all these different schools and, and you don't, you kind of know who some of these pros are going to be, but it, it's different because you come over to NASCAR and yeah, there's 40 guys in the Xfinity field and not all of them are going to be in cup, but you know which ones are and which ones aren't for the most part, right? And you're kind of watching these guys go up and Austin Hill is kind of one of those on the cusp drivers. Will he get a chance at a full-time ride? I think he does eventually, but he is 28 already. So the time clock, it's weird because it seems like the time clock is ticking, right? But Christopher Bell didn't get a chance until he was 25. Maybe I think now he's like 28 and, and he made it to the final four and his for, you know, in his third season in the cup series or whatever. So, but you can watch these guys as they grow more. I mean, we've been watching Ty Gibbs, if you just started NASCAR last year, you, you watched him, right? He came out of the ARCA series, ran these select Xfinity series races. Then he comes into the Xfinity series full-time this year, dominates the season, right? Right there with Noah Gragson, battles it out, wins the championship, right? And, and all that. And now he's in the cup series already. So we get to watch these guys kind of develop right underneath of our eyes more so than in, in any, any other sport, because in other sports, it's so spread out. Whereas, in NASCAR, we've got a pretty concentrated group of these Xfinity and Truck Series guys. Like you're, you're not just coming from ARCA jumping into Cup most of the time, unless you're in one of these field fillers just running laps in the back or something. And you know, we'll get some F guys, some indie guys. That's different, obviously. But your future stars of NASCAR. I mean, Xfinity tagline is where names are made, right? It, literally, it is. That's where these guys make their name before they go into the Cup Series, right? Well, and not just that, but think about it this way. The longevity is there, too. If you are a Kevin Harvick, if you're a Kurt Busch, if you're a Kyle Busch, I mean, all of these guys are driving well into their 40s. So even if you make it to the Cup Series, even if it takes you to when you're 30, 31, 32, hell, you could still have a full 10-year Cup career by the time you hang it up if you're good enough to continue that that route into your 40s. I mean, do you feel every ache and pain? Yeah, as a 46-year-old man, I'm here to tell you, if I sat five hours in a car with the type of intensity that these guys have, I would probably not function for at least another couple of days after that because these bones don't move like a 20-year-old's But we're starting to see that obviously these guys are hanging on for good long careers. I mean, not that it wasn't before because I don't, when did Kyle Petty uh, hang it up? I feel like he was, I think Kyle was kind of, was he early? Yeah, he raced a lot. Mark Martin's the one that always comes Mark to mind. Martin. Like seemed like he hung on for a long, and he was still winning. He's not still driving. Him, so. I, I, I feel yeah, like <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was so weird because like he retired and then he was done. And like, so a lot of these guys, you know, the Kenny Wallace's are still out there racing every week. Bobby Labonte races the modified all the time. But, like, Mark just kept hanging on, hanging on, and then he was done. Walked away from it, doesn't race anymore. It's crazy. But, but yeah, and that's the thing, too. You look at the NFL, right? 32 teams, 
53 men on the roster. You got 15 guys on the practice squad in training camp. It's like a hundred people on the roster, whatever. So yeah. And those are just constantly changing in and out. And, and yeah, you have your superstars, obviously the names you really know, but again, in NASCAR, like there's only 36 chartered seats and there's only so many of those seats that are seats you really, really want. Again, we would take any of those seats, obviously, but we're settling for these seats instead, which we enjoy as well. But, uh, um, but, but I mean, yeah, it, it is a much smaller field and it is more personal almost where you get to see each of these guys and you can follow each of their stories more individually than you can every single NFL player, right? Indeed, indeed. Well, speaking of a story that we followed, we definitely followed one Austin Sindrick. Guy came on like a just a bullet right out of the gun uh, and, and won the biggest race of them all, the Daytona 500. Had a lot of us thinking to ourselves, wow, are, are we really paying attention to that two-car this season? Is this somebody we should be? Obviously, we knew the pedigree, right? He came in hot off the Xfinity championship, uh, and so he was no, – No, he didn't not, win the no. – He won it the previous year. Previous year, yeah. Lost it by about six inches. <laughs> yeah, the year before, in, yeah. In, yeah, in 2021. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, so he came in, right, obviously still one of the hot drivers, one of the hot names – comes in, makes his mark early, and then kind of falls off for a better part of the season. Now, granted, he made he made the playoffs, obviously, due to that win. But, I mean, what, is there something to build off of? What happened? Where did his season go wrong? And, and what does that even mean for us? When you look now, Cody, we, we talked about this a little bit uh, when we were doing the championship odds. His odds to win the championship are 50-1. to 1 uh right now so obviously bookmakers are not giving him a whole lot of 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 play given the fact that uh he fell off last season and and he was a rookie that was performing well most of the time but most of the time he wasn't you know uh so again austin Cindric, i don't know 50 to 1 to win the championship i, I think that's about right don't you yeah i mean honestly you could make an argument there's pretty decent value there if you look at that's the team that just won um, the championship, right, with Joey Logano. So his teammate just won it. Is he going to win the championship this year? I, I would say it is a long shot, obviously. The, the books reflect that at, at the 50-1 to 1 price. Um, he uh, he's, so, he's so tough because it was, you know, that number two car is legendary in the Cup Series, right? Roger Penske, this great titan of motorsports. I mean, now he owns he owns Indianapolis Motor Speedway, right? He owns he won the Penske or he won the IndyCar Championship with Penske team. He won the Cup Series Championship in the same year with Penske team. He's one of the greatest names in all of motorsports, right? You hear his name everywhere. He's he's you know lauded everywhere in it, and so. You have this number two car, Rusty Wallace drives it forever, right? He really makes the blue deuce, the, the number two Miller Lite car, a thing. Then you get a couple guys kind of come in and out real quick. Kurt Busch had that ride for a minute. I think somebody else was in it. Keselowski didn't. For, well, yeah, and then, yeah, so then you get to Keselowski, right? And Keselowski has a long run in there, brings Roger Penske his first Cup Series championship. Rusty Wallace wasn't even able to do that for Penske. And, and so – just this this great team, right? And Kozlowski won all these races in that car. Uh, I think he's the winningest driver for Penske in his history, won in the first championship, all this stuff. And then Cindric's coming in, and it's like there's a lot of talk about, do they put him in that two car? Like, do you move Ryan Blaney over there maybe? Just because, man, that two car is is a big ride, right? That's that's the Penske car. Like, got all this history. Yeah, the 12 came came and gone with Ryan Newman back in the day. Then it left for a little bit. It was a 77 with Brandon gone. Then it went back to the 12. Now you got Ryan Blaney, obviously, in there. The 22, Joey Logano's made that his own, but the two is the Penske car, right? And that that's always been the Penske car. And so you put him out there, Daytona 500, boom, he goes and wins the race. And it's like, holy shit, welcome <laughs> to the Cup Series, right? You had a few Cup Series starts prior to the season, but that I mean, that was welcome to the Cup Series. And to come out and win the Daytona 500 like that, I think that it's a great thing, right? Pretty much almost locks you in the playoffs, as we saw I got close this year. But for the most part, locks you in the playoffs, ends up being the reason he gets into the playoffs. But 
I think that it can go two ways after that, right? You just won NASCAR Super Bowl to open the season, like in your very first full-time race in Cup Series, and it's like that's a lot, right? And so then the expectations go from eh, to oh my goodness, right? And so then it, we did see the rookie struggles, and, and he did have a tough time for a little while there, and it was kind of like, I mean, he ends up twelfth the next week at California, and then. 19th at Vegas, 24th at Phoenix, 32nd at Atlanta. Shows up at a road course, right? We knew he would at Coda in 8th, but then he's back to 20th, 11th, okay. 16th, 21st, 36th, 18th, 11th. Then you get a third play. Well, that was the all-star race, so that's kind of different. But but then 34th. Then it started to get a little better, right? At Worldwide Technologies, he gets 11th, then follows it up with 5th at Sonoma. And then Nashville, he was seventh. And then Road America, he was seventh. And then Atlanta, he was third. And then New Hampshire, he was 13th. Bad race at Pocono. Indy Road Course, boom, he's second. And so it was like all of a sudden, okay, now we're talking about Austin Cindric again, right? Raise that bar back up a little bit. Kind of up and down for the most part from then on out. Um, had some decent runs. Finished third at Daytona in the, in the fall race there. And ninth at Talladega. Um, so obviously, <laughs> Super Speedway is another guy. You really got to keep your eye on, right? We've always seen that with the Penske cars. Those drivers have always been good. Keselowski, king of Talladega, mostly in that number two car. Did have his first win back in the 09 car in the day there. But uh, <clears throat> so I, I think that Austin Sindrick is in a good place. Tim Sindrick, his dad, is the president of Penske. That helps, obviously. But despite that, and I, it sucks because some of these guys get the whole silver spoon thing. Your dad is who your dad is. So you get these rides, but guys like Austin Cindric, I would argue Austin Dillon, even though people really want to beat the silver spoon thing with him and Ty Gibbs, these guys have earned their rides. It's not like they didn't do anything and it was just, they're not Cody Ware out there in 40th place, right? Cause his dad owns the team. Sorry, Cody Ware, but it's true, right? It, it, that's the silver spoon thing, right? I mean, I mean, yes, they're afforded opportunities, but made the most of these opportunities. We saw Cindric almost literally six inches from winning back-to-back championships in the Xfinity series. He's proven that he can race with these guys. Road courses are a strong suit. Good news. We got six of those super speedways are a strong suit. Good news. We got six of those. That's already a third of the schedule, right? And then he just needs to fill in the gaps elsewhere. And I think he's going to continue to get better. Um, made it past the first round of the playoffs, right? Get the first makes the first cut of, of the six makes it into the round of 12. I believe he got bounced in the round of 12. Um, but, uh, it was a very, very impressive season from him. Again, some ups and downs, obviously the highest up with Daytona slid off for a little bit, but then I was very impressed for quite a stretch there. He had a really good run. Uh, and I don't, I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. That car is his Penske's got their lineup uh, secured. I mean, Joey Leno signed up for a while. Ryan Blaney signed up for a while. Cindric has signed up for a while. That's going to be a very strong three-car team continuing to go forward. They've been strong for years. Joey Logano obviously coming off the championship win. Um, and so I, I think that 50 to 1, you know, you want to throw 10 bucks on it, right? That, that pays off pretty decent. Yeah, I, I don't know that I'm going to go lay a ton on that. We talked about you got to make it to the Final Four before you win a championship type of thing. I think that's going to be something I really, really hammer when I really start digging into the championship odds right before the season is guys that have been to the Final Four before and haven't won, that might be where your best value is going to be, I think. I really think that there's something to that angle of things as it's still fresh in your mind coming off of thinking about that uh, here at Phoenix. But yeah, Austin Cindric again, up and down, but pretty impressive. He did more than I expected him to. I was very hesitant. I know he was successful in the Xfinity Series, but stepping into such a big ride in a brand new car, I thought maybe he would struggle more than he did. And I, I was very impressed with him. Well, and it wasn't as if he totally fell off the face of the earth after that win. Obviously, he started on the pole in Fontana the next week. You talked about his 12th place finish, right? Started in third place in Las Vegas after that. Obviously, you talked about his 19th place finish. But he started in eighth place at Phoenix. Didn't finish well. He had four good starts in a row. I mean, obviously, the win at Daytona carried over. For at least a couple of uh, of races after that, and then of course you know the wheels fell off, and it was twenty twentieth start, twentieth uh, place start, eighteenth place start before he started to pick things back up again. So again, to your point, 
right? This is this is a guy that is in a legendary car. Obviously, the pressure's on him. Obviously, he knew you kind of put a target on your back as soon as you win the Daytona 500, right? And to go out and do it in your first, I guess, official race as a, a full-time driver in the Cup Series, in the two-car, in the Penske Ford, right under the bright lights it just it puts a gigantic target on your back and and i think the weight of it was was pretty heavy for austin Cindric. so as far as championship odds are going i'm kind of with you on the fact that i'm i don't know that i'd even throw 10 bucks on a 50 to 1 for Cindric to win only because uh i like soft drinks and i think 10 bucks would buy me a couple more soft drinks uh maybe maybe i'd go throw a five bucker on it just to see if i can eat some steak at the end of the season but I will say that the conversation for him to be more competitive next season and and where we start to see him in head-to-heads, where we start to see him and his top five, top ten odds, um, even maybe even some top three odds, especially, like you said, in road courses and at, on plate tracks, where those shake out for you and how that shapes up, those might be the type of bets we start chasing after for Austin Cindric next season Maybe not so much getting the checkered every week, but at the very least, finishing somewhere in that top 10 vicinity uh, You know, in several weeks. And like you said, he had a pretty decent run between Sonoma and Atlanta of top 10 finishes and a couple of top fives in there. So the guy can get it done. I think this season, this, this 2022 season, obviously new car, right? Had a lot to do with it. Not not just a new car for him being in the Cup Series, but a new car in general. So you get the handle on it one race, sweet, cool. You beat Daytona. That's that's already a good feather in your cap. But then where do you go from there? You know, as a rookie to win the biggest race of them all, there kind of is no other place to go but down. And he went down. So as far as next season concerned, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna see a bounce back. He did finish the season with a, an eleventh place finish at Phoenix. Something to go out on, right? So we'll we'll just keep an eye on where his odds are next season. I I really I don't think he's going to go out and win the Daytona 500 again. Uh, not not this next year, but you know we'll keep an eye on his odds. And and I think he we'll is play twenty to him. one as the defending Daytona 500 champion. I it's going to be really tough for him to win a second one in a row. Uh, but twenty to one might be worth a look. Something that if you've been with us throughout the season, thank you to you if you're new. Well, welcome. But um, something that that's going to be really, really helpful for us next season is this was the first season in this brand new car. We had no idea what to expect. We, we did lean on some, some past statistics. Yes, but it was hard to just base everything on the past because so much was so different this year. And we saw that throughout the results of the season, something we're going to really be able to hammer in on is results from 2022 going forward to 2023. You look at a guy like Austin Sendrick, very successful on the super speedways, very successful on the road courses, decent on the shorter tracks, not very good on the intermediate tracks, a mile and a half tracks, two mile tracks. So I think that as we go into next season, that might be where you catch the book sleeping a little bit as you get into, okay, he does good at Daytona, decent at Daytona. He does good at California. They're going to have him priced up in these head-to-heads. But then you look at how well he did at Las Vegas, both trips there, how well he did at Kansas, how well he did at Pocono, some of these longer. And it's like, if he starts the season off with some decent races, you might be able to be like, he wasn't good on intermediates last year and use that to your advantage. Uh, There's going to be so many more angles for us to be able to, to really dig into stuff. Whereas there was so much, there's still going to be a lot of unknowns uh, going forward. And we'll talk about that more closer to the season, but having 2022 statistics and trends now is going to be so helpful in us betting in 2023 on NASCAR until they change something. And then we don't know what the hell's going on. So it's yeah, just, yeah. you never know. Yeah. I mean, they're wanting to keep one step ahead of us. They're like, yeah, you think you know us, buddy. Yeah. Guess what? That's, you got a point. Yes. Spoilers different. Oh, guess what? Tires different. Yeah. Try to predict it now, my friend. Uh, all right. Well, Cody, I think we did a, a fantastic dive into some of these rookie drivers. Um, definitely looking forward to seeing where their odds start to shake out as we start going forward. I can't wait. <sighs> Books. Wake 
the hell up. We need odds on more than just the we need, cup to, we need to get the actually I think uh Sean and Ryan are in Las Vegas right now, so we need to get on the red line to win bet and uh let's go. Let's get let's some odds it. out here for us. Let's do it. I will I will personally call the big bosses <laughs> and get them on there cuz if anybody can knock on Winbet's door, it's them. Uh they they probably got themselves that back door uh you know they can get in there. Uh, they been, I think believe they're in the the Winbet studio all week in the Blue Wire studio there. So uh let's go. LFG <laughs> man. Um All right. So let's uh let's go ahead and close up shop for the week. We'll come back next week and have some more stuff. Cody Cody has become full on producer now and and it's given me everything that he's working on. So we've definitely got great stuff planned for you in the off season. So everybody, if you see Cody, thank Cody for the following week's content, because uh, it's all on him. He's, he's, he's embraced his role as the mother hen now of the NASCAR gambling podcast. And we love well, him for I, it. I think you're still the leader, but uh, you know, <laughs> great teacher that allows the, the pupil to do a little bit of something good. Right. Right, fine. That's the extra ten bucks in your in your salary this week. <laughs> Thank you. You can I'll you can that up on the. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you could put that on Austin Cindric like we talked about. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Well, as we wrap it up, Cody, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on social media? Yes, you can follow me on Twitter at Husker underscore Zeb. Uh, working on some some new articles and some stuff, hopefully coming out here in the near future. So you can find all my work there. Uh, join us in the Discord. You can still still chat there as well. A lot of fantasy football talk right now. I guess there's some World Cup thing going on. I, Rod and I don't really care about that, but some of you might. Uh, so get in on that over there, right? Uh, and uh, <laughs> I don't know if we're supposed to say that or not. There's a World Cup podcast, too. Go check that out on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. They're doing a great job. You know, go USA, I guess. So that's fun. Uh, and follow the show on Twitter before I get myself in trouble. <laughs> at NASCAR Gambling as well. <laughs> I, look, we don't have to, man. We don't have to like every sport, all right? We have our it's favorites. Just, I, I, it's soccer, first of all. It's not yeah. football. I, well, yes, it I is soccer. Care. Look, I was just telling Cody, I've, I've been into Aussie Rules football. This is my new this is my new passion. So if you do, if you start to hear an Aussie Rules football podcast on the, on the network, you know, that'll be it. That'll be what, what my next uh, mission is. But in the meantime, follow me on Twitter at RJVagomez is a... Uh, Link in the bio there to everything I got going on, whether it's here, whether it's Sportsbook Review, whether it's In Between Media, whether it's the new Aussie Rules Gambling Podcast, whatever. It's all there on Twitter. Speaking of, it's Uh soccer, by the way. If you go to the SGPN merch store, a little plug for this, there is a a SGPN shirt on there that says, it's called Soccer USA. So uh, if you're going to get something, that'd be the one to get. Get on that merch (laughs) store. And then get a NASCAR Gambling Podcast hat, shirt. (laughs) <laughs> coffee mug whatever so all right until next week everybody <laughs> let's have some fun when we come back again let's go racing and let it ride